It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Howdy, folks. Oh, I got getting an echo there. Right off the bat, I heard myself <laughs> reflect that. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. I don't need to hear myself all of, you know, because I hear myself all the time. Um, we'll start with the uh, pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. So you know, like some sports have too much money when there's players who are habitually hurt and they keep getting jobs. This is gonna be a baseball one, like Jay Bruce. Every team signs Jay Bruce, he starts great out of the gate. He's hitting 350 the first two, three weeks. He gets hurt. He comes back, and then he gets hurt. And before you know it, he's had 200 at-bats or less, and you didn't get much out of Jay Bruce. Now Felix Hernandez is hurt again. It's like oh, – Jesus he's, Christ. He's not even old, you know, but it's, again, guy, they keep signing him because he was great for three or four years. And, you know, it's like – so let's see. Uh, I well, Matt Hart – well, Matt Harvey is also on that Orioles rotation, and it's like, okay, what are you going to collect every guy who can't stay healthy? Well, Harvey pitched well the other day, so that probably gets him to opening day now and at least a couple of starts on a bad team. But, yeah, I'm not sure what the Fernandez injury is. But, again, this is a guy, you know, we had him on our fantasy team. He can't stay healthy anymore. I know his deal is not that much money, but still, it's like how many how many times you're going to – you're going to keep going there. And then I'm trying to think there's another player uh, who just had a throwing session the other day for the media. Uh, mm. who, can't no, think. Who? no, a pitcher, a pitcher had a throwing session for the media recently. Oh, oh, oh no, no, no. Uh, Cespedes had a, uh, Oh, Cespedes. Sorry. Yeah. So that's another one. Now, did anybody sign him yet? No. no. I kind of wonder if they're going to let him go like half a season and then someone's going to sign in mid-season when they feel like they just need a power burst. I think they're waiting until they find out whether the National League has a DH. Remember, or, there's, okay. there's still the possibility of them dropping that at the 11th hour. How is that even possible? Teams have Because been- it's Rob Manfred, because he's a friggin' uh, – Okay. You know that. <laughs> I just <laughs> – I just don't understand – how we could I heard somebody drop that the other day and it didn't even register with me that we could be a couple of weeks out of a season and all of a sudden a big rule change could come in right before opening day. I just I, I don't think that's possible. It's asinine. I mean, may, hey, maybe the National League teams have been made aware of the possibility that that's the case, but I mean we don't know that, and I don't see any great situation in terms of National League teams all of a sudden having a guy, you know, sitting there that is capable of being a DH at the 11th hour. Normally it's like the fourth outfielder or the backup first baseman or the backup catcher or something like that. You know, the, we talked about the Mets, how they're uh, situated where it would actually be a benefit to them if the DH actually happened. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if most of – like, okay, the L.A. Dodgers – will be fine. 
you know, they, they, yeah. they, they could DH Justin Turner and move Chris Taylor to third base and have Gavin Lux start every day at second. Look, I mean, and the Mets could DH J.D. Davis if they want, and they could put Guillaume at third, and I'd be happy. But I don't understand why you would do it now because this week is when hitters are going to start – pitchers are going to start to hit in spring training to get sharp for the regular season. Right. So, okay, look. I yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's it's unbelievable. And today is the day that uh, uh, today is the day that we uh, in the NFL the free agents. This is the most ridiculous free agent period. It's like okay, it's awful. Well, this is okay. Forty eight hours where it's a uh, a legal tampering zone. Right. You're hearing about trades and signings that can't legally take place because the player is on another team. Like, okay, Emmanuel Sanders is on the New Orleans Saints. He is supposed to be cut. Okay, until he gets cut, he's still property of the New Orleans Saints. And the rumor is he just signed a one-year contract with the Bills. So how can that be the case until he's actually cut? Because they just have this handshake agreement. So then when free agent frenzy opens, they've got 20 deals that they'll announce right off the bat. Right. But, but here's the reality. I, I'm going to say tell you what the reality is of the NFL free agency. It's a farce. 90% of them go to teams that have a chance to win a Super Bowl. So they're, you got 90% of them that are looking at six or seven teams. The rest of them are fielding offers from all the other teams, like teams that I'm a fan of, like the Jets and all those other teams. And then they sit and they sort of wait and decide. And it's really infuriating because there's not that much of a chance for bottom level teams who are rebuilding to get top notch free agents, even if you have the money. Well, they don't even want to get overpaid anymore. They get paid so much money, they are willing to take less now. Well, here's the farce of the NFL. And this is whole, then we'll start the show because there's a lot to talk about. Here's the farce of the NFL. The fact that now they don't have guaranteed contracts. They can move money around in the sense that um, Kansas City, uh, they all of a sudden can open up $30 million of cap space by, by converting signing bonus into regular bonus and moving money right. different years for Kelsey and uh, uh, Mahomes and Jones. Yeah. Okay. So really the money is me. The money is meaningless. The money in turn, you can well, move contracts are meaningless, right? It's I mean, the money you get up front that means something. Right. And it's the whole dead money versus live versus live money, which is not a phrase that they use, but I'm just using it because they use yeah. dead money. Um, but, like that's not the case in the NBA. No, they have guaranteed contracts. That's not the case in Major League Baseball. You know, a guy like Jacoby Ellsbury, who didn't played in four years, was still getting paid up until last year. Uh, and it's not the case in the NHL. The NHLs are uh, contracts, even though um, you know a player gets paid thirteen million dollars one year and five million dollars. I'm going to tell you why. Here's it's why. It's even, evenly. It, it's because there's no fudging the cap in those leagues now yes you could play around with the ltir but there really is no fudging the cap there is so much fudging of the cap in the nfl it's ridiculous and it goes back to the 49ers and it carries through to today eddie DeBarlo jr and that whole front office made a mockery of their cap remember that yes and and honestly i feel like it's still going on don't you with teams like kansas city and otherwise it seems like it's still going on 
Yeah, I mean, with Kansas City, especially the, this latest thing. I mean, uh, uh, New England, especially. You know, all, all of a sudden, New England's like, "Hey, look at all this money up this." Yeah, and somebody was somebody was pointing out that New England's odds to win the Super Bowl haven't gone up because even though they've added two of the best tight ends in the free agent class, and I think they added a receiver, the problem is that they still have the bad quarterback who can't hit the side broad side of a barn. So right. unless they make a trade for somebody, if they have Cam Newton, who proved he could run last year, but didn't prove much else. Well, what if uh, they they draft a quarterback and use Cam? That guy won't as, start. No, no, but you didn't. But you didn't let me finish. What if they get this guy and this guy, you know, gets some time and Cam gets in there as the um, taste on uh, what's his last name Hill. Hill of the Saints? Maybe they do that. How did that work for Miami with with uh, with uh, Tua and Fitzpatrick? It didn't. Not great. All right, let's start the Listen, show. I, I hope I hope the Patriots shrivel up and die. Honestly, that whole franchise could fall into the water, and it wouldn't bother me in a bit, one bit. Drown in Boston Harbor along with the team. Uh, a little bit of history there, Russ. Hello, hockey. I knew you were going to go there. I left that open for you. Hello. <laughs> Hockey world. Today is Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. Aaron Gobra. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and a happy birthday to my dad, who happens to be named Danny, but no, he is not Irish, but we've always had a fondness for the holiday because it's my dad's birthday. I'm Michael O'Jello. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Hockey Buzzcast. We are hockey. wearing green. We're both wearing green. Yes, this is the only green shirt that I have. Everything else is blue. Okay, great. Okay, uh, let's start with the big news, which is not a shock because we've talked about it off and on, <clears throat> but um, Ralph Kruger was relieved of his duties as head coach of the Buffalo Sabres this morning, uh, along with assistant coach Steve Smith. Uh, interim coach will be Don Granado, along with Matt Ellis and Dan Girardi, who apparently don't have any uh, professional coaching experience. I, I thought Alice was an assistant with the Sabres this year. I will year. tell you, Dan Girardi is a very worldly guy, though. I've had a lot of conversations with oh. Russ, I lost your volume there for a sec. Check to see if you're muted. Uh, re restart, go in and go back out. I'll, I'll fill. Okay, so, yeah, uh, Don Granado. And um, okay, you were you're muted now. There you go. There it, now it got muted, but it wasn't. That was weird because it wasn't muted a minute ago. Anyhow, I was okay. saying Dan Girardi is a pretty worldly guy. I do feel like he can teach people something. So, right, that's that part I'm okay with. I think they and the, uh, the indication from Mike Harrington, who was just on uh, Hockey Central, was that they think Girardi was brought in to sort of. Um, teach Rasmus Dahlin, who, by the way, is minus 27. I think it's the worst in the league, which is sad because I think he's a really good young defenseman. I think he's got a lot of talent. I just don't think he's been served right by this organization. But well, if you think about Dan Girardi, right, he wasn't a high draft pick. This is a guy that worked himself into being an NHL defenseman. He blocked shots. He right. hit people. He even scored points for a while. There was a couple of seasons where he was getting points. He knows how to teach. The, he, I felt like he was the linchpin of the um, – was that the Torts era? Uh, yeah. Was that the Torts? Yeah, Torts era yeah. defense. He was like the linchpin of it. And so if he could get 
some of that transferred to Darlene, it's going to help. Imagine if Dan Girardi could skate like Darlene, what he could have been like as a defenseman. I think right. he probably thinks that too. And and so I think there's that's a smart move. But just a just a quick overview of this. So so Granado as the head coach, uh, Girardi and Matt Ellis as the interim assistant coaches. Kevin Adams indicated in his media availability that he will begin his job search now, but it didn't put a time frame on it, which, I mean, we're halfway into the season. If they can get somebody to come in as coach, I think they would. I think they would like to start sort of getting a new message out to these players, but I don't know how anxious a big time head coach, if that's the direction they're going to go, is going to be willing to come in mid-season uh, Harrington pointed out, Russ, that Kevin Adams has a lot of connections to college hockey, and it's a potential that they could go down that road. To me, that's scary because, I mean, we've seen Hackstall. We've seen Quinn. It hasn't been great lately. I, I agree with that. It hasn't been fantastic. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I was going to mention about Granado. While he is a good guy, he had a championship since 2000, with the, and that was with the Peoria Rivermen in the ECHL. Here's what he's done. With Worcester, he was out in the second round, lost in the qualifying round, lost in round one, lost in round two, out of the playoffs. And with the Wolves, out of the playoffs. Then with the under-17 and 18 teams with the, with the program, out of the playoffs, out of the playoffs, out of the playoffs. So he doesn't have – a great winning track record. So I think he's okay for a temporary usage, but you can't can't go with him long term only because they do need somebody to walk into that locker room who's had a real good history of winning, don't you agree? Yes. I mean, well, and, and okay, that's and what Kruger didn't have either. No, no, Kruger had the one shortened season in Edmonton and Team Europe. And everybody, and that's the funny thing. Everybody misread team one, but I don't even know. Everybody misread the situation, Ross. It was like, I mean, yeah. he, 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 his communication skills were talked about ad nauseum about you know when, when he was in Edmonton and getting the most out of the team that was dysfunctional, but his communication skills really didn't matter here. Where I mean, from the indications. The players didn't know what to do on the ice. Didn't know where to go. They didn't have a structure, and that that you know that's that's a big that's a big part of of winning. And uh, Andrew in the chat is asking if Montgomery would be an option. I, I would doubt it. Um, Monty, I, I mean, look, he knows how to coach. Uh, at yeah. some point, there will be a redemption for him. I don't think it's now, though. I think it'll be in college again. It's right. It's too soon after, you know, the, the, the obvious travails that he had with his you know, own personal life and um, getting getting his life back in order. Yeah, I think he'd probably be better fit in the in a college scenario. Um, no, I mean, like, and this is the thing. Um, I don't know, and this it's going to come down to this. I don't know whether the Pagulas are going to be willing to spend the money because you have right now – uh, Jason Bottrell and Steve Greeley under contract for another year, so the, uh, through next year. And now you add Kruger, who's making $3.75 million for for until next season, So uh, through next season. So now you're going to be adding a new head coach, and do you want to spend you know, $4 million on – Gerard Gallant or or five million on Mike Babcock. 
I don't think that they're, first of all, I don't think they're going to go in the direction of Babcock because he left him at the altar six years ago and they're not going to go back for another, another serving of crap. Um, I, I, I do, I do think though, this team needs more of a authoritarian coach, which would lean toward Boudreaux or Tortorella if he's on the market. But I don't, again, I don't know whether either one would, would take the job. I'll tell you who I would, if I was going to dip into the college pool, I would go Ted Donato, who's been with Harvard forever, uh, simply because okay. I've would, witnessed well, him. Hmm? What about what about Tony Granado? <laughs> you know, you have the Granado brothers here. Because you know, no, I know, but 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 Ted Donato hasn't gotten a shot, sure. and Ted Donato knows how to bring people in. He has been doing some of the best recruiting in college hockey, considering now Harvard. Yes. They get there's a lot of smart people to choose from, but then when you have to get somebody smart and can play hockey, that becomes a lot harder. And again, they can't offer the same things other universities can with their deals. They're very minimized deals compared to like the big universities that give the full free ride, right? So yeah. he has been able to pull off some amazing things. You can go look at players all around the league, like Adam Fox, uh, you know, Jimmy VC, who just got picked up today. A lot of players. He's graduated a lot of players. Obviously, his son. Alex Kerfoot. Yep, Alex Kerfoot. He and, and especially in the last five years, I mean, there was the one year they got pretty far. He had an 806 winning percentage. I, and that was back in 17, he missed a year now. I feel like if someone like the Sabres came calling, Harvard wouldn't step in the way. You know, I think you could offer him half of what you would offer a regular coach. And I think he he might take it because he hasn't coached in a year. Well, okay, here's here's the and again, I think it was a cumulative effect of reasons why Kruger was finally fired this morning. But I have to these could be individual things could be factors. One yesterday in the game against New Jersey, New Jersey had lost eleven games in at home in a row. Uh, the the Sabers had had uh, lost eleven games in a row. Period. Uh, it was a th close game in the third period, three to two. Uh, Sabres were pressing for the tying goal, and New Jersey's players had been out there for over two minutes, and there was an icing with 33 seconds left to go in the third period. Kruger takes a timeout. He gives New Jersey a rest, and he justified it at the end of the game uh, and, and the media availability after the game by saying, well, he wanted to keep his, his number one guys out there. Now, his number one guys were Stahl and Hall and Olafson. Um, they weren't, you know, they didn't play particularly well last night. Their best line, which was fresh on the bench, was Jeff Skinner, Casey Middlestead, and Curtis Lazar. And I just am struck by the fact that the best line performing last night was the one with Jeff Skinner on it, and he did not want to put it out there. And he did a stupid tactic of taking a timeout with 33 seconds. After the game, Brandon Montour basically said the players, or at least he said for himself, were sort of waiting for something to happen, meaning I think they realized that he was going to get fired, so they were just sort of biding their time waiting for him to get fired. That was another probably factor. This is the most interesting one, and Kevin Adams shot it down big time in the media availability, which in my mind means it's absolutely true. The next couple games the Sabres play are at home, and they're the first games – with fans. If you don't think fans 
with Ralph Kruger coaching the Sabres, who have lost 12 games in a row, weren't going to come in there throwing rotten cabbage and fruit and vegetables. You're wrong. because Well, we just talked about it yesterday. Remember I said it, it was going to start to be a big problem once the fans are in the building. That's exactly what I said yesterday. And obviously <laughs> the Sabres felt that way too. I just didn't know what they were waiting for because they should have done it two weeks ago. But, you know. They waited. So I think they were waiting, Russ. I think they hoped that it it would could be turned down, turned around a little bit, that they could get through the rest of the season and then fire him the, the day after the season ended. Relieve him of his duties, Mike. Be nice. Yes, excuse me. Fired is 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 politically incorrect. No, no, he was fired. Sorry, um, but they were hoping to sneak through the rest of the year because you know it's going to happen over the next three and a half weeks. Slowly, ever so slowly, the rental players, the Taylor Halls, the Brandon Montours, uh, if anybody's stupid enough to trade for Carter Hutton, um, Eric Stahl, those guys will be moved. Yep. And uh, no, Cameron, they will not. They will not go to the anchor bar for wings. Um, so I, you know, I mean, this is going to. And you can't. You can't say that. You don't know if Don Granado likes them or not. You don't know. Well, if Don Granado has had his health issues, and if he, if he, if he, uh, don't go there, Mike. Just go on to something else. Just no, please. If he, if he values his life, he's not going to go to the anchor bar. Uh, okay, so, all right. So I, I'm sure we'll touch on the Sabers when Act joins us in a few minutes. But well, let's let's. let's but, the only thing I'm going to touch on because we may not get into it is right now. I want to pull up as many guys. From Rochester as I can. Now you had told me that hey, they they were under quarantine, so I get it. But I want the Jacob Brysons to get meaningful roles. I want uh Casey you know Fitzgerald. Yeah, Casey Fitzgerald. Hey, Stephen Fogarty had a few moments with the Rangers. You know, he's bring him up. He, you know, you might as well look at him and just see because you know he well, is a big guy. I think these guys will get opportunities as the veterans get moved because um, uh, Adam said that he is hopeful that Jack Eichel will be back at some point. Um, you know, but we know they're going to trade those mentioned the players I just mentioned. Maybe to trade a Tobias Reader um, because they could get value for him um, because he's having a decent year and he's a $700,000 minimum contract, so they might be able to get yeah. a pick for him. Um, Adams also said he's going to hire an assistant GM, which is unbelievable because I, you know, until a couple of weeks ago, I didn't realize they didn't have any assistant GMs. Um, no, I know, I, and which is crazy. But now they say they're going to hire one. It's like, why aren't you hiring two? Uh, because they don't want to spend money on two. Right, okay, so – why hasn't Aspen played more than three games in Rochester? Has he had COVID? No, he's been on the taxi squad. Oh, he's on the taxi squad. He's another one that should be playing. And I'm going to give you another name, Mike, that's probably not getting talked about in your in your market. But they have Michael Mersh. And this guy can skate and he has moves. He's been great at the AHL level, and he's never really gotten a chance. He had the 17-game stretch with the Kings, but mm -hmm. that's it at the NHL level. I saw him in Wisconsin. I saw him even before that. There's something there. And and right now he's 28. This right. is the perfect time to throw him in there because, you know, he's got points in nine games there. And just see, because what if, what if Mersh can start scoring at the NHL level? You didn't even know. You could go the whole season and never know that. I want to know these things now if I work for the Sabres, but I don't. So. Um, 
Elliot Friedman reporting that uh, on a conference call, uh, he said that Kevin Adams, like I just said, uh, said he was going to add a GM. Word is the Sabres have permission. GM. To he is the GM. Assistant. Yeah, that's what I said, assistant GM. No, you said GM. I just don't want to confuse people. No. Okay. I meant assistant GM if I didn't say yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, word is the Sabres have permission to speak to Jason Carmano. Okay. I'll let that I don't hang. What do you want me to say? Yeah, uh, he and Adams have a long history. That's no weird. kidding, no kidding, because that uh, dear old dad old owned the Hurricanes, right? Yes, and he also has I a mean, history. He also has a history with Jim Rutherford, but apparently they don't want to go down the road of a senior advisor. Now, maybe now, okay, Carmanos has a history with Rutherford through Pittsburgh. Rutherford hired how him. How about this? How about this? Don't bring in somebody that knows somebody. Bring in a fresh set of eyes. That's what you need. You at this point, you don't. I don't want to bring in somebody. If this is me, and I've hired before in in the corporate world, I don't want to bring in any familiar with anybody. I need a fresh set of eyes in there. And Granado's not a fresh set of eyes either because oh. he has been there. They need someone to walk in completely out of their territory, somebody that has never worked with any of them and get real answers to their real problems. That's what they but need. This is going down the same road that the Sabres have gone in the Pagula era. They're, they're, again, they're going with the Pittsburgh connection. I always, I call it the Pittsburgh mafia, Ted Black, uh, Jason Bottrell. Uh, um, who else was it? There was another uh, manager. Oh, um, not, Tim Murray wasn't, uh, wasn't, uh, Pittsburgh connected, but you know, the, no. uh, but there, there was there were, there were others uh, assistants in the in the organization that were attached to Pittsburgh. They keep going to the Penguins. I mean, I, I don't get it. But anyway, all right. Um, bad news from the Islanders came out this morning. I mean, we knew that Anders Lee was going to be out long term. Um, the announcement came out that Anders Lee will be out the rest of the re rest of the season. That means season and playoffs. Right. Uh, it was an ACL injury, so he's going to have surgery uh, immediately, so that he can possibly return as early as September or October for next season. Um, he makes seven million bucks. He's their team captain. Okay. Again, Russ, this is a team. I understand they have they they have a defensive structure under Barry Trotz, but. They're getting perilously close to Barry, the Barry Trotz formula in mm -hmm. Nashville where they didn't have enough scoring to win. And unless Lou, Trader Lou comes out and makes some sort of deal before the deadline, which he can now because he's got $7 million in LTI yep. room, uh, I don't think the Islanders are going to go deep in the playoffs. So I think Lou is going to have to go out there and get offense. No, I think he will. And like I said, I think they're not going to trade Wallstrom. Uh I know people are throwing him in deals. They're not going to trade him. They need him now. Uh, maybe they would trade Bellows, who they've been showing off pretty good. He could be part of a deal, so you could upgrade in the offensive position. That's what they're going to have to do. And you know what? I, I'm not calling this team dead yet. I know that yeah. um, that's the, the knee-jerk reaction, but they have still have the best goaltending tandem in the league, and they still have really, really good defense. So, yeah, they'll have to give up half a you – know, half a goal a game less until they can get some offensive help. But I do think that offensive help will come. I do. And even if – look, even if you have to trade someone like Bodie Wild in this deal, then you trade him. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think they're dead. Okay, I only think they're dead if they don't add. If they add and and replace the offense, then I think they have a chance to come out of that division. But if they just stand pat, I think they're dead. I don't think they have enough offense. They can maybe win a round, but I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll get past Washington or Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or Boston. Yeah. They may win one on. They they will not go. They will not get out of that division. So I mean, now, you know, I, I you know if they're if they're interested in Cal Palmieri, you know they're not going to give up one of those young guys for a rent. This is where Lou can pay off because Lou is an experienced guy who knows where to go, who knows where the bodies are buried, so to speak, and he can get good deals at the deadline. Hopefully, it's not on the on the level of uh, a second round pick for Thomas Buchanitz. But um, it could be something where he gets. Now, I, 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 you know, I think there's something to the Taylor Hall stuff. Taylor Hall would be a yeah, good. I think so, but he got hit in the face yesterday, so. No, he came back. He did come back in that game. Back in the game, yeah. Okay. So I think that would be a fit, but there are other rental wingers out there, or centers if they want to go that direction, that. They, you know, they, the Islanders. I think they have enough prospects in the organization, and they have enough cap space now with with Lee going on long term injury that they can make that move. Yeah, I think, I think they can get away with it. I think uh, if you want to try bringing over Goloshev, fine. Um, I think you should try all of these things. I do because I think they have enough time right now where they can mess around these things. Uh, you know, Holmstrom's got four points in nine games. He's a little weak physically, but he could skate. Maybe you even need to bring him up too and just see. Like, I want to just get an idea of where these guys are at. Because, again, with this organization, they tended to wait on guys and, and let them over-ripen. But, you know, for a couple games, just see what you have. I, I, I think it's going to be hard for Lou to make a deal, and it's not going to happen quickly. So I think until then, instead of just you know totally clamping down all the hatches, try some of the young guys you have and they, just see. They may give them some low and and, and as Mir, I was I was going to go down that road and say bring up Josh Hosang. Uh, that that's not yeah, happening. That's but, not happening. No, but I I do think that you know they'll look in interior, but I think there are more sellers and there are buyers, and Lou can find a probably find a bargain. And not give up significant assets to get a guy who fits in. They just need something you know, like I'm honestly, you know, uh, Lee is a 25 to 30 goal scorer in a regular season. I, I don't know whether they'll go on down, down the Zach Parise road again, um, but they have the cap space this year to do it. Um, I don't and, think they would do it now. I don't think. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's starting to show his age. Last uh, year he was still like viable, minging hot and viable. I don't think you do it now. Um, and, and just to give just to give uh, dust on sidewalk in the chat, a quick reminder: the reason why I trash Placanitz is because he was over the hill when the Leafs traded for him. The Leafs were not a serious Stanley Cup contender. They gave him a second round pick for him. He was for a fourth line center. And when um, I can't remember, when Cadre uh, got suspended, he moved up and played in a offensive position and actually played okay, but. It was a bad trade because the guy was over the hill and it was, you know, they weren't going to win. So it was stupid to give up a second round pick for a, for a rental. 
Yeah, to answer uh, Zach, Zajac's not going to do it. You know, there is another kid that the Islanders have in the minors who I love, and he is 21, so he's a little bit older in Cole Koski, but he's only played four games for, for Bridgeport. That's a guy, I'm telling you, there's a lot of offense in his game. But again, I just don't think Trotz would do it. And that's where you have the – somebody's going to have – something's going to have to give here. Um, and this is where maybe Lou trades uh, in state or in division or something for a, for a UFA and so he can get the guy quickly. He needs someone quickly. Yeah, and that's why everybody's attaching Paul Mary to the situation. But the problem with Paul Mary is is that New Jersey wants to keep them and will make them pay. Now, they didn't pay full value um, for Andy Green last year when they traded for him. Um, but I think the management situation is a little different now in New Jersey than it was then. So I don't know whether they're going to be anxious to give up, you know, just give up Paul Mary and get a second-round pick for him. I think it's going to cost a lot more. I, I think Lou will find somebody, but I think he's got to find somebody. He cannot just stay. You know, they can explore all the interior uh, moves as, 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 that they want, Russ, unless somebody just, like, jumps out and is, like, lightning in a bottle. I just can't see anybody filling in the offense that Andres Lee provides. So. No, but, you know, like, here's, here's a cost-cutting move. Maybe you call the Rangers and say, hey – eat some of Brendan Smith's salary, and we'll take him and try and use him as a forward. He did play a little bit as a forward. He's at least physical and sometimes gets these occasional weird goals. Like maybe they just do that and try and, you know, toughen up their game, and and maybe that opens it up with some of their other scorers. They're going to have to look at some weird things like that just to get someone in the lineup quickly, I think. Yeah. Now, uh, looking at some of the games last night, um, besides the Devils and the, uh, and the Sabres, um, Capitals beat the Islanders three to one. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Penguins Bruins game and the big. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to mention Ovechkin. I mean, he passed. He passed. Well, uh, we, mentioned, we mentioned it yesterday. We mentioned him yesterday. Yeah, we did. That's, right. That's fine. Yeah. So I, I just, I just. Um, but the 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 big moment in the Bruins Penguins game was the Brandon Tanev hit on Jared Tenorti, where he hit him. I would say about six or seven feet away from the boards. And it was a it was a hit of enough momentum that it knocked Tenorti into the boards. Who is a big guy. Who is a big guy. So it was a good and hey Tandem is not a massive guy. So he just caught him caught him good. And he slammed him against the boards. Um but most people think it was a clean check and Tanev got a five in a game. Um and I know Brian Burke was he has on. a reputation. We have to remember that. Tanov, yeah, yes, yes. No, I, 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 and, I, and that's what you know. Even if we think it's clean, I think that that's part of what happens here. You know. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, I think we've seen that with uh, with Tom Wilson. I mean, you know, it, obviously yeah. the reputation speaks for itself. You know, when a when a player of that reputation does something, it's going to get called out a lot more than. All right, I'm going to tell you. I just saw the hit, even though I was watching part of that game. I didn't see it. When you see it in slow motion, he does hit the shoulder first, but that's not the issue. He pushes him, and when he pushes him, he goes another three, four feet, and the head goes right into the wall. He right. didn't need to do that. I think that's why he got it. Right. I mean, but there, but a lot of people thought it was clean and, it, and if, okay, if it's not clean, 
then is it a five? It's definitely a five because okay. he pushed him into the wall. After the what we call as a clean hit, he if you watch it, he extends his arms and pushes him, and that's when he goes into the wall and his head hits into the wall. That didn't happen just from the hit. Right. Right. That was from that extra push, and that's where I would give it to him. But we got to talk about Dan Vildar because Vildar yeah. gets his first NHL start, and he looked really good. Here's the thing about Vildar. A lot of teams wanted him in his draft year. I forget whether they spent a second or a third. I'm thinking a second, but I'm not sure um, on him. But he was widely sought after because he, I think he's around 6'3", right? Something like that. And, and he's a good positional goalie. He is like what a lot of teams want because he doesn't make a lot of extra movements. He's safe with the stick. He doesn't give up too many rebounds, and he's got a good glove. But he's not one of those guys that's super athletic. But teams don't want that anymore. They like the positional goalies. He's 6'5". He's 6'5". Okay, so he's even bigger than I thought. 6'5", 185, third-round pick in the 2015. third round. round. Yeah, so think about that. Like, you know, if the, if the Bruins picked him with a third-round pick, that tells you that other teams wanted him. I remember the Flyers had interest in him. They were probably – three or four other teams that had interest in him, and that's why they picked him in the third. He's good, man. This is a guy who I think will be their backup next year, regardless of what happens with that goaltending situation. Now, I believe he has to be protected, and but the thing is is that because he's 23 years old, so he's been um, he's been a pro longer than a few years, and I think he he does not qualify for the exemption. Uh, the, the one thing, though, is – He doesn't qualify for what? The exemption. So you think he can be in the expansion draft? Yes, if they don't protect him. But both if they don't protect him. Okay. Both Rask and Halak are UFA. Right. So they they so they, so they can protect Vladar. Right, and, then, and, and not worry about the rest. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but but you know, I mean, this is a guy. I mean, he's been he's played for Providence in parts of five seasons. Um, and you know, the last couple of years has played pretty well with Providence. So oh, he's played well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this might be the you know sort of the developmental model that you know finally they're bringing up this goaltender, and you know maybe he's maybe he's the starter of the future. You never know. He could be. I, I I think when people were writing about Jeremy Swayman, um, we have to remember Jeremy Swayman doesn't have as many. At least I don't believe he does as many games in. I'm going to look it up in the you know. In pro hockey, he was really great in college, but he doesn't have any, as many games in as pro hockey as Vladar. No, he's got seven. So, like, for people, just because he looks great in seven games, why in the world would the Bruins bring him up when they're losing a guy with seven games? No, you would bring up Vladar because he has the most experience of the young goalies. That makes sense. Yeah. Um other games last night, Minnesota beats Arizona 3-0, Capo uh, Kakinen with a shutout. Um, Minnesota remains red hot. I mean, Russ, I, again, this is a team we didn't expect to do this, but they are. Yeah, but we didn't know Kakinen was going to be the goal either. Like, we, we all liked him. Right. But I, I'm telling you, he is still very unorthodox. Um, I, I'm not skeptical because I do think he played goal, one goal here in the NHL, but what I'm skeptical of – is this just a red hot streak of his? We don't know. Like we don't know what's going to happen when he loses a few. That's right. what we have to sort of see. But again, Kirill Kaprizov 
has ignited Matt Zuccarello, ignited him. He's as, Zuccarello looks as good as he's ever looked in the NHL right now, and he's going to have a career year as a result. And the lucky, the lucky guy on that line is Victor Rask, who's yep. playing center between the two. I mean, all you needed was to put him, between, put him with a star, and Rask is like now. Now all of a sudden, you know, Rask is oh, he Rask looks- is, is. Everybody's saying, yeah, Victor Rask looks good again. But I mean, again, we have to be fair and just say how great Kaprizov is, yeah. or Kaprizov. I say both. It's, we have to talk about how great he is. It's it's a no doubter now. An absolute no friggin' doubter that he's winning rookie of the year. I mean, to right. me, he would have to be out for weeks. Right. I think even if a season ended tomorrow, he would be rookie of the year. <laughs> he probably would. I mean, it really the look, we and again, I, I appreciate the um the pat on the back from the chat room because yes, I have brought him up for at least two, three years on this show in conversations when we talk about what could be a big pickup for them. And it finally happened. And it was a big pickup for them. It's the biggest pickup they could have had, honestly. And it's one of the biggest pickups anybody in the league could have had. Yeah. No, no, you're right. And it's uh, not your regular rookie. It's not your ordinary rookie. But everything, but everything is coming together at one point. We talked about this with Minnesota. Jordan Greenway. There was talk about Jordan Greenway being traded last year. You know, like a big body guy finally sort of found himself. Uh, Erickson Eck is playing well. Uh, you know they they've they're just a complete team right now. Now one of the things that they I will, so- I will, I will say this though one thing Mike because um Davy Jones says Kacken and Rookie of the Year. I'll tell you why he won't win it. He won't win it because of Kaprizov because everybody could see the difference in this team even with Cam Talbot in net with Kaprizov. That's when they started winning games. So unfortunately Kacken gets muted out there because of what Kaprizov has done to fire start this team. That's what I think. Now, uh, on the waiver wire today, a couple interesting moves. Uh, Ottawa claims Anton Forsberg, who's you know, <laughs> he's been he's been in more he's been with more teams than Walt McKechnie. Uh, you know, it's not not that Mike Sillinger yet though. He's not in Sillinger no, territory. No, Walt McKechnie was with nine teams. I think Sillinger was in double digits. Yeah, he was uh, in double digits. Uh, the other one uh, was Jimmy VC, who was placed on waivers yesterday, claimed by Vancouver. I like um, this pickup. I do. Yeah, I, I'm, I like I I I like Jimmy VC, but the 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 issue in Toronto is a numbers issue. Kyle Dubas mentioned uh, when he had his. He wasn't press- getting enough ice time. Well, he mentioned in his press availability yesterday that. Uh, you know, VC was more victim of the fact that they had to take Jack Campbell off of LTIR. But Russ, he was very spotty in terms of his – when he was on, he scored like two goals in his first three or four games. Then he scored three goals in three games, and there was 18 games in between where he scored nothing. Sure, um, but they got his ice time. He's only averaging 11 minutes of ice time for the yeah. year. He was most – I mean, he was on the second line. Then he was mostly on the fourth line. And he could never move up to, from the fourth line because he just really didn't show much. Um, well, I, I think if you put him in a different situation, you give him 15 minutes a game, he'll yeah. show more. I don't think he'll – look, I think the 17 goals he got in those two seasons with the Rangers were a zenith. I told people that at yeah. the time. But I do think he can get back to like 12, 13 goals, and he's got five. And yeah. and so, yeah, now, I think he can do that. Now, and I, you know, I hope he gets top nine ice time in Vancouver. But he, Me too. Obviously, it just that didn't pan out for him in in Toronto. Now, yeah, I'm not blaming Toronto. 
Yeah. Now, what uh, the interesting thing is today in at, at their morning skate, um, you had playing on the left wing with John Tavares and William Neander, somebody by the name of Alex Galchenyuk. So they've called up Galchenyuk after five games. I think it was with the Marlies. He had over a point per game. They, from all reports, he had played well down there. Um, they're going to give him a shot there. I think – I don't know whether that – you know, he's going to play there, you know, for longer than a game or two, but I think they're giving him an opportunity to see what happens. If they're showcasing him for themselves because that's the best possible situation you could put him in. Right. But I still think, based on what Dubas said yesterday, that they're going to be going out in the market and, and making a deal. And they all, and Wayne Simmons was also back playing for the first time since he broke his wrist in early February. So he probably will be back, uh, if not on Friday when they play Calgary, uh, then maybe in a, a couple games after that. And we'll see if Jack Campbell is back because uh, they, they're playing back-to-back nights against Calgary. Right. Um, the other thing is that uh, I see in the chat people were talking about uh, the Leafs and, and Dubas's statement about them trading a top prospect. Um, Pierre Lebrun reported, yes, they're going to t- trade a top prospect, but not a top prospect named Rasmus Sandy that they will not and, and, and here's the reason why. Because after next year, Morgan Riley is an unrestricted free agent. If they can't re-sign Morgan Riley, you know, a young guy like Sandine is probably going to have to replace him in the top four. They don't have any plan. You know, like they have Lilligren. I think Lilligren is the guy that they might trade in a deal at the deadline. Maybe. I think they will, and I think they'll make they'll be upset after the fact. I do. I well, think they'll I mean, do well. You have to give up something to give to get something. I mean, if right. they get good value back, but they never right? gave him a chance. Is my point ever? I, I know, and that I don't understand. But you know, maybe that you got to remember again. I, I've been saying this. He was a Mark Hunter draft pick, and everybody- I know, but it's not like this organization's defense is so good that he couldn't have gotten a look at some point. They did get a look last year in eleven games, and he didn't impress them. But they, but they do realize that he's improved each year, and right. I do think he's an NHL defenseman. I just think if if a team is looking for a defenseman, they're not going to give up Sandine. No. Uh, probably going to give up uh, Liljegren, and I, I don't think that they will give up Nick Robertson. But no, they're not giving up Nick Robertson. Yeah, but uh, I mean, we'll take a couple questions in the chat here. Uh, let me see if uh, we got some. And I don't think they give up a mirror off either in case someone's going to scroll that down. No, I mean, you know, I I think what they what Dubas means by – I mean, let's say this. If they get a deal that blows them away, then they might give up one of those top prospects, not Sandino. I don't think they're giving them up for right. anybody. If they get Philip Forsberg and, and – Yeah, then, sure. Then then you might have to give up a mirror off. And, and Nashville eats half the salary, then, yes, right. you're going to have to give up the prospect. Uh, let's see here. Kalchenyuk is a mess. Thank you Thank for you. The, the Swedish Cylinder. Okay. Questions, questions. Come on. Gardner cleared waivers, my guess. Yes, he did. Because, yeah. And not because – no, he, and mostly because of $4.05 million. Right. See, that, that, the teams that, desperately need – a defenseman, and if he were a million-dollar defenseman, he would have been claimed. Okay, good. Here's here's a good one. Yeah. I haven't heard this, but I, I I find it I don't find it tough to believe. Uh, Columbus shopping Max Domi thoughts. 
Uh, my thoughts are Columbus was stupid to give him a two-year extension. That's my thought. I mean, I I think my, I think Max Domi. First of all, Max Domi could be the Villy Leno of twenty twenty one. They traded for him to make him a center, and I think I it's know. proven that he's not a center. He's a I know. He got paid on the basis of him being a center. If I'm a team and the deal is right money wise, I'm happy to take Max Domi. The guy can play, and he could skate, and he might infuse a little bit of just you know. Um, extra obnoxiousness in your locker room in a good way. Uh, I think teams will be interested in him, but it all depends. What's his salary? Max, uh, 5.3, I believe. No, I see that's too high. Yeah, I mean, and is Columbus in a position to eat money? They're going to have to eat money or or he's not going anywhere. Um, no, okay, a 5.3 this year and next year. Yeah, that's he's not getting traded unless – Somebody's trading like if if Columbus wants to do Domi for Gostaspear for some reason, right. and then you know then it's a trade that'll that's a trade that could happen. I guess. And, hey. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. I yeah. It would be a crap for crap deal, and I'm you know, I'm not right. saying Domi is crap, but when when you no. have a when you have term like that, you're only going to be able to trade a guy like that for a guy who has equal term. So if there's another player with another year left in his contract, who now Gostaspear has got what three years left? I think it's two, or two years. I am going to answer one question, and then I can go on with his yeah. stuff. Because um, someone's asking my opinion on Kratzoff finishing the KHL season. It's over. He's here in the states. He is going to go to Hartford first. They're going to ease him in. Plus, they have to figure out some cap things to be able to call him up. So he'll get a call up in three weeks, something like that. And, and they'll see what they have. He had a good year. He did mo mainly goal scoring. He, he wasn't enough of a playmaker there, but that's okay. I, I think he matured, and I think that was the big thing, is he needed to mature as a person. Um, so if that happened, then, then he'll be on the right track. Hey. Hey, um, hey guys. Thanks. Hey. Thanks. Sorry. Just a lot of bad stuff happening here, but we're doing our best. I wanted to get on today for, to do a to do a um, – a, um, a Room quick hit because a couple of things are happening here that yep. I've been chasing around. Um, first off, the the one um, is it looks like Boston is. I wouldn't be shocked if Boston and Ekholm happens today. Honestly, just hearing it, Boston's really getting close to close to uh, something. Apparently, that's a big they, blow for the Flyers if that happens. If that happens, they are a desperate team as well. Boston is is, is has been tumbling, and they're also you're getting a you're getting a definitely a, a instance where. Um, the uh, their their defense is, is is hurt. They've got a lot of guys hurt. So apparently, well, okay. Yeah. Can can we can we say Jake DeBrusque in a number one would be enough? Yeah, that would be enough. Because I I think that's realistic. Yeah, I think it's realistic, and I for whatever reason DeBrusque is not in their long term plans. That seems pretty obvious. So I do think that that could happen. What this again? If this happens. I know we've talked about Savard, but that's going to be a high price too. But if Fletcher loses out on Ekholm, boy, it doesn't look good for the Flyers getting exactly what they need unless they get Savard. Let's like it's – then they've got to really overpay. If I was saying if Boston gets Ekholm, really has to overpay for Savard or they're not getting anybody of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and this is – you know, I think – 
I think really comes down to what you're gonna, we're going to see right now. We're going to see who's more desperate in terms of um, making the playoffs. You know, who really wants to make the playoffs? It's um, Boston and Philly, four and five right now. You know, they're in the yep. four and five spots. Both have both need defense. Both need help. Who's desperate to make the deal? You know, um, and, and the cap and the cap hit. If if it is DeBrus, the cap hit is almost the same. They're both under a little under four million dollars. DeBrusque has a year left before he's an RFA. Cacoma has a year left before he's a UFA. It almost fits perfect. If Boston gives up a first-round pick and maybe another prospect or a lower pick, that's almost a perfect fit. I, I, if, if they make that deal, I think I'm almost sure it's DeBrusque. Yeah, yeah it would have to be. I mean, the, yeah, DeBrusque is a, you know, he's a good, good middle-of-the-road guy for that kind of deal for sure. And you know he can score. He can score twenty goals. We know he has. So it would be a lot like what they lost in Craig Smith, goal production wise. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, Winnipeg's also um, in on a couple different guys as far as defense go that I've been chasing down today. As I've been trying to get the rumor chart finished, right. I was up most of the night, so I didn't sleep. <laughs> Some little bit. There's a little blurs there. Sleep. Come on. Who needs sleep right at this time of year? We'll get there. But um, yeah, they they also are. Um, you know, Manson, um, we talked about Manson. That's a possibility for the Jets. Sounds like sounds like he'd that's be a great fit for the Jets. They're really looking at, yeah. I think they, they like him a lot. Wrong side, but yeah. I mean, again, sometimes you have to get over the wrong side thing. Someone could possibly move some, somewhere on that team, Mike. Some coach, but some coaches are slaves to that. I mean, listen, I can't tell you how many times Torts had guys move sides. I can't tell I you. They're but they're weak on the left side. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's why Ekholm may it fits Winnipeg, but they may not want to pay the price that is necessary. Now, Chevy they, never wants to pay. A yeah, I don't think they do. Um, the other thing, the other thing that's big out there is, um, is the general surprise. Uh, the, the the amount of people who talked to me today about Dubis's um, press conference yesterday, Mike, was really is really interesting. Um, that definitely has surprised people. Um, his the way he because basically they they've always seen him as like a really conservative guy, never to say anything along the lines of what he said yesterday, right. um, where he sounds more like, you know, we're, I mean, he's been the, he's the last guy I'd ever expect to say that we're willing to trade, you know, something as a rental to make, to make something happen now that, I mean, we've never seen him in that position before. And I think for him, I think it's a relief to be able to say that. And this is what I, I talked to one guy who knows him pretty well, yeah. um, who's, who's pretty close to him. And he said that he really thinks that this is kind of a relief for him because he said for every trade deadline, Dubas just sits there and, you know, he's getting ripped apart for not doing anything. Uh, this trade lid, I need to get a chance, a chance to actually do something, and I think he's going to take advantage of it. Well, I, I think it's the fact that he believes that the team is, you know, that they are a serious contender. They have an opportunity to get to the conference final. They get through the North Division, and you don't have to face, face Tampa. You don't have to face Boston. Right. That, you know, if they add a player of significance at the deadline, that they could get through uh, the North. Now, um, again, yeah. cap is going to be a consideration. Um, the reason he said he would go for rentals is is the expansion draft and the realities of the fact that if he if he trades for somebody who's got term, then he's got a budget for that guy for yeah. the f- for future years, and they want to re-sign Hyman, and they want to re-sign Riley, and they might want to re-sign Anderson. So right. you're not going to take on a guy, even though Philip Forsberg is a great player. Um, you're not going to take a guy like Philip Forsberg on unless you're planning on trading Kerfoot or trading Nealander to, to equal out the the, the cat the yeah. cap space. So I'll I tell you why. I, I was told a Nylander for Forsberg deal was was possible, but turned down by the Predators a little while ago. Um, I don't I don't 
I think I would I turn it down too because Forsberg. Interesting trade, yeah, but I think I think Forsberg's better than Nylander. He's better. Forsberg's more consistent than Nylander. Yeah, you know, Nylander right now is playing great. This is the Nylander that everybody yeah. wants. Nylander's want. upside might be just as high as Forsberg's upside, but I think Forsberg is is higher more often than. You get it for twenty five games instead of eighty two. Nylander is, yeah, I think that is the big difference. Now, well. uh, the other thing is, is well, because people in the chat were talking about this, yeah. Night. His willingness to trade top, he said, I w- I'm willing to trade top prospects. Somebody, he answered yes. Yeah. He didn't specify which ones. He's not going to, but, but that's a big thing for him to answer. And that was something that was mentioned um, to me a lot in the call, too, Mike. It's just like that they're like sitting there saying, okay, you know, he's always been the, you know, there's going to be more pain before things get better guy, you know, and that's. He's, and, willing, he's willing to go all in this year. And obviously right? he's got, you know, a top team in the league. So it's a, if it, it's a different scenario than he's ever been in before. So, you know, this is, there's no way he can be the pain now guy, but well, it, the reality is that he is willing to go all in. He does see, I think the North division as being the best, the easiest division the Leafs are going to be in for the next, for a while. I mean, it's going to get harder next year when they get back. Cause when you look, when you look back at the Leafs regular division, you have to look, you know, Tampa's still there. Florida is a better team now. Um, it's going to, you know, you have to figure but, some of the auto is going to get better, but it's also this act. Yeah. Uh, Spezza Thornton. Yeah. 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 For sure. Iman, Bogosian, Simmons, Anderson. What are they all in common? Their contracts are up after this year. It's an all in situation. Now that doesn't mean they're going to mortgage everything in terms of the future, but they see an opportunity here. And no, what I'm wondering is, is are they prepared to go money in, money out to make a deal that it's an impactful deal. Meaning, are they willing to trade a curveball right. or trade? And I get the impression from what I saw from Kyle Dubas that the answer is yes. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, and I think that's the impression that people are getting. Um, you know, and I'm not so sure that. I mean, it's hard to say. I, I really think Kerfoot is what they need mostly, but I think I don't think they can get it. If, if they could get a, if they were making a trade, they'd be making a trade for a player like Kerfoot in my mind. So it's like, why would you be moving Kerfoot if they can find another way to get it done? I think that's I think that's a better better option. Heck, I'll but tell you why I think Dubis mm-hmm. spoke in greater terms is because a there's a little bit more pressure on them because they know what kind of team they have. B they're in first place and it's slipping a little bit, and so. That won't look good if the, not only if the Leafs slip out of first, but like got knocked out in the first round because he didn't do anything. So I think there is yeah. a lot of pressure on him to do something. Right. I was also I also heard um and I'll be bearing about this too in the rumor charts. So I'm just gonna throw a bunch of rumors, at you guys, um because that's what I've been doing is um is Brandon Montour and Montreal, um and I I can see that as well. It's another interesting fit. Um, I don't know why Montour, they would do it. He's- yeah. He's just another puck moving defenseman. I mean, it's like they have those. Uh, he's not what he used they to don't, be. They don't. They really don't like Victor Victor Mete. Um, well, I get and, that. And they're trying. And you know, they everyone's like, oh yeah, Mete hasn't even Mete is a player, and he hasn't even got a chance to play. They're okay with that, you know. Like the reality is, I mean, I think Mete has been rushed, and I think he had he, he has been rushed. There's no question. You know, I think I think there's definitely the possibility. But he is there, also but, prone to turnovers. So is, is Montour. I mean, he's basically Goss's peer, right? I mean, Mete is in a lot of ways, I think. Yeah, Mete is is suffering from a lot of the same things. Um, yeah. You know, Montour looks a little better this year to me, but two last two years, he's looked horrible. And right. I wouldn't give up significant essence for him, I'll tell you that. Right, right. Uh, the other thing, uh, we got this thing here. Um, so 
So to so there there's Palmieri, especially now with the Anders Lee injury going down in um, on the island, you definitely mm-hmm. without Anders Lee, you have a definite situation where you know you have um, Lou Lamorello is looking to looking to fill that spot. Um, Kyle Palmieri is, is a guy that he really likes, obviously, and yeah. he knows him very well. the the uh, The reality here is that um, that that the Devils are gonna are gonna hold up the Islanders for this if if this happens, you know, they, and they they should, you know, there's no reason they shouldn't. I mean, this is their own division, their own, you know, Devils. You know, the Devils aren't gonna make Lou Lamorello's life easier. There's no, no, there's, I can't. mean, there's no reason to do that. So, it's different um, ownership, and the ownership didn't love Lou. They they let him go. So so yeah, from what I've heard is uh, Fitzpatrick um, in in New Jersey once either Bellows or Wallstrom. Yeah, I think they would part with Bellows. They would not part with Wallstrom. And a pick, uh, maybe a conditional second round pick, which could become a first if um... Yeah, I think they would do that. I think they would do Bellows in that. I doubt they would mm-hmm. do Wallstrom because that I mean he's really clicked for them and he does they don't have a lot of guys with the level of shot that Wallstrom has, an elite shot. If you think about it, right. you know, Barzell's not an elite shot guy. Brock Nelson's yeah. not even an elite shot guy. He just gets in the right spots and he muscles his way in. Right. They don't really have that guy. Yep. Yeah. I basically said to Russ earlier that if they don't add, the Islanders are going nowhere. I don't care. You know, yeah. I, I love their defense, their defensive structure, and Barry Trotz can get them to win games in the regular season. But if they don't add to replace the offense they lost with Andres Lee, they're not going anywhere in, in that division. They lose but a lot, a lot more than that. I mean, they lose basically their heart and soul with Andres Lee. I mean, he's like he's a bigger – he's not just their offense. He's their he's I mean, their, yeah. their, their, their spiritual guide, you know, on that team. They, that's And that's something that Lamorello – Lamorello takes his, like, spiritual guide type places really seriously. This would be the equivalent of, like, you know, Parise getting hurt back in the day in New Jersey. Sure. You know, this yeah, is it definitely team. is. He's but Trotz can overcome that. I, I agree with Esmir, though. I brought up Bodie Wild before – the the issue with Bodie Wild is he's a big riverboat gambler, and so they'd have to reel that in. But as far as like physicality and, and offensive ability, he has definitely some. It's not off the charts and really good skating. He's got all of that, but he will do some turnovers occasionally. But still, the Devils still need more defense too. So if they feel like in a couple of years Wild could be there, that's not a bad move because by then Subban would be gone. Is yeah. Taylor, Hall, uh, Taylor Hall a fit with the Islanders? Could be. Um, I mean, it, it, there's, it does make sense to a degree. It is a Lamorello type of trade, I think, um, to, to, to get Taylor Hall and uh, and then make a go of it. This, it reminds me a little bit of like Kovalchuk back in the day, you know, like this is the kind of guy you go for. Um, and because, uh, you know, Lou likes his like really big time grinders and his super skilled players, you know, so there's and there's not like a middle ground. The middle ground players usually don't find a home with Lamorello teams for some well, reason. Kovalchuk is available. Yes, yes, he is. Um, he will not be rejoining the NHL. I, no, I'm just kidding. But By the um, way, I mentioned um, yeah. yesterday. You didn't hear it. Um, Derek Jeter's castle is is oh, going is on. on the market. No, I'm just saying, and it's a bigger place, and it costs more than even Kovalchuk's. Kovalchuk's is small, small potatoes compared to Derek Jeter's. I believe that. Where are they both? They're both up in North Jersey. Yeah, the, I mean, Davy Jones makes a good point here. Haul back with Eberly. You know where it is, Zach? You know where like Phillipsburg, New York is? It's on the Jersey side where it's very yeah. close to New York and it's like 50 miles from, you know, so the, yeah, it's. That's a beautiful area. Um, yeah. No, it's definitely a beautiful area for sure. Um, I, Hall and Eberly, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that was a, that was a good combination at one point. 
Um, oh, they definitely were. I mean, that's no question. Yeah, that was about definitely that. one of the better nations. Um, I wanted to brief, briefly touch on um, on Kruger. For I know you guys talked about. It. I'm sure you guys talked about it, but um, I do. Um, obviously, we obviously we all know this had to happen, but I do like the hi the hiring of Donnie Granado. Like, I think that this is like one this of this kind of. I know, I know, but I like the I like the giving Dobby Granada, Donnie Granado a chance to do this because I think I that it's not he's not, he's not going to be the coach. I know, but I'm just as of now, you know, we don't think he's going to be the coach. But you know, I think that stranger things have happened. Um, I think that Granada, I've, I've found Granada to be one of the smarter hockey guys out there. You know, like there's certain guys that I've met over the years, like um, like Zito. I've mentioned him many times, and now he's he's having the success. I think Granado's in that world too, um, and he really has a chance to. I would love to see him with an NHL team. I think it's kind of in a no lose situation for him right now in Buffalo because it's not like anyone's expecting anything of them, um, and you know they don't probably even want them to do super well. You know because you want to you want to get you know a, still a good draft. They, they, would like, they would like them to break the twelve game losing streak. Let's just say that. But I mean, Kevin Kevin Adams came came out this morning and said, "Act, they're they're doing a search for a coach that they might even hire this year." So it's strictly he's a caretaker, hold a position in place, you know, get the team to practice, change change the mood in the locker room type of guy. You know, he's a professional coach. We know how good he is, but. It's not he, you know. Even if they won eight games in a row, I don't think he's going to be the head coach. No, I don't. I don't think he is either. But I think that I, I'm. I'm really. Uh, I just. I, I mean, I've been impressed by him. I think he's. He's just. He's just smarter. A smarter hockey guy than 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 a lot of people realize. So right. we're gonna, we're going to find out a little bit about that. And he's also a good motivator. So it's a good. It's a, and he's very. It's totally different personality than Kruger. Um, there has to be some ir irony, right? That Jeff Skinner scored the last goal of the Kruger era. Um, I think well, it, was, it, was, it was ironic that uh, <laughs> something about that. It was ironic that Nathan Bastion and Jeff Skinner got into a scuffle, and Bastion in the in the penalty box, yelling across the across the uh, the uh, the way, said, "You know, you've got the worst contract in the league," or you know, "Why don't you?" Yeah. Score? And Skinner came out and scored. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I think that I, I don't know. It's a tough one, you know. But the main contributor to that is Ralph Kruger because he put a guy who was a top six forward. Exactly. Jeff Skinner has not played well this year, but can you blame him when he? No, but he's terrible. I mean, hockey is hockey is is a six seventy percent confidence for these guys. You know, I mean, they're all really skilled players. They're all they're all superstars. You know, and they're all run right. They all played. You know, they're all the best players. Kids growing up, and if they've got confidence, look out. Like that's what you're seeing in Florida. You know, that's what you've seen other years in different situations. When when a team gets confident, when players get confident. You know, the miracle on ice can happen. Anything can happen with with confident hockey players, right. um, and you know, and that's what, and when and the, the opposite, of course, holds true with 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 guys who've lost their confidence. You know, which with Skinner and and Taylor Hall. You know, and the guys like that who are just who really have lost their, you know, they don't they've, they've lost that little confidence. The who miracle knows? on ice would be the Sabers making the playoffs next year, and I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, that yeah, that's a, the, the, so. Uh, um, yes, what's his name is um, Stalock is practicing with the Oilers today. Um, there you go. So he's he's getting ready for his stint on the taxi squad. He'll get on the he'll get a debut um, probably this weekend. I was told. Um, yep, probably that's not. Good. You know, good news. Right he'll get in there, and we'll see what happens. We won't get into that discussion at all. Um, Merz Lickens um, is a guy who is is also out there. Um, Elvis. He's too inconsistent. I don't know how many teams would really want him. Uh, he's an interesting one. He's a tempting one. Um, he's tempting for a lot of Pete for a lot of reasons. 
I'd be tempted if I was Seattle with him a little bit. Sure, um, Seattle. Yeah, I could see that. I think that because just because he brings a lot of personality to everything too, he's more than he's more than just a goalie. He actually well, they would actually have to trade him because he's exempt. Right, he's exempt. Um, um and uh, well, they're saying that they stay like practicing with him tomorrow. Yeah, I, 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 not today. I get it, but I think that you know he's set, he's setting ready to go. Um, one of the interesting time. goalie rumors out there uh, was, and we mentioned Devin Dubnik yesterday uh Devin Dubnik in Colorado and again I keep saying Colorado has to get somebody behind Grubauer other than Hunter Miska it's not an insult to Hunter Miska yeah. but I don't think he's in any, anything more than a third string goaltender and if they we don't know what has gone on with Pavel Francouz and obviously if there if there is some interest there with Colorado uh in, in Dubnik um that tells you that Francouz may not be able to I play think Dubnik's up for them i've watched some games where he has looked good and imagine if he had a better defense in front of him i i think that's that's a pickup that that's, that's a good one it's a smart move yeah 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 it's a really smart move um I, and i think colorado will go for a goalie like that too and i think you know that's because they're you know they they uh, they, have, they obviously need to they need a steady backup that's not injured um, and they need somebody, you know, they need somebody. Now they're, they're, they're a cup champion. They have potentially to win the Stanley Cup here. So, okay. Uh, Asmir, I don't see the Rangers trading Georgi. They're not, they're not, no. they're not changing. No, they're, they're they keeping those two up. They have them set up the way they have them set up for a reason, salary wise and otherwise. They are set for what I think three more years with these guys at least yeah. together. Right. And they don't have to trade one of them because one of them is exempt, so right. they can protect the other one. And yeah, so the, and, and you know, unfortunately, the injuries have hit them, obviously, so that's the problem. But yeah, they're not. That's why. Both, and that's why Keith, sorry, that's why Keith Kincaid is there because Keith Kincaid is the sacrificial lamb in terms yeah. of they signed him to a two-year contract, so he could be the goalie that they qualify for Seattle. Yes, Merz Lickens is in a, like we said. I didn't say. I didn't say he was going to be taken by seattle in the in the no, draft I think, I think i think that we can see that this summer i don't i know they will they will try to move mers lickens at the trade deadline i was told but um whether or not they find a home for him or not is another case I, in, to me this is a, a team that like needs a goalie moving forward buffalo you know like buffalo I, I, there's there's a, that to me i would look at buffalo if, i mean there are he's a really interesting goalie in that he you know if he's confident and if he has, if he kind of has the spot and, you know, is given a chance to take the job, I think he could do it. I don't think he's had, well, had that opportunity yet. Buffalo's in an, in, in an interesting position next year, act because Carter Hutton's a UFA and they'll thank him for his service and say goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Put him, he'll bump him up into the booth. He'll, he'll yeah. replace Jen Red. All right. I've been trying. You won't replace Rob Ray because Rob Ray will beat him up. Right. When they don't sign Anderson, Hutter, Hutton will be back, backing up Campbell in Toronto. That's what will happen. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, he will not. Nice try. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and Linus Allmark is also a UFA. And I'll tell you right now, I think Linus Allmark will get a lot of uh, a lot of attention from teams because he's a goaltender who probably would sign a two-year deal at around three and a half to four million. Yeah, he'll get attention. I honestly, if I if if the Leafs walk away from Anderson. Uh, Linus Allmark is somebody that I think Kyle Dubas should go after because I think he's a good young goaltender and he's never really played in front of a defense that could play. And it, the Leafs' defense this year has played pretty well, so he would be a, he would be a good guy to uh, to go after. But 
you know, right now, the goaltending market for next year, everything is going to be tied through Seattle. There are so many goaltenders that could get claimed by Seattle and move to other teams. They're going to be a middleman for so many of these deals. And I don't know how they're limited in how many goaltenders they can take in the expansion draft. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't think there is a limit. I don't think there – no, there's no limit. Um, and, you know, but there is a reality to that. I mean, like, you, ha you, you have to – Well, they have they to have, have a goalie. And the other thing is that, you know – you. You don't have you're not limited to the amount of goalies you can take in that draft, but there's also going to be goalies available beyond the expansion draft for them. You know, like they can easily make trades for or make moves for um, or goalies that are just going to be free. There's going to be all these free agents. You know, like well, there, so like the free agent class act in terms of goalies is not that's like I said. Anderson is, the, Anderson is the best free agent goaltender out there. The second one is right. Brask, and Brask is probably either not going anywhere or retiring. Then yeah. it's Auntie Ranta. It drops right. off. It's an all mark. It drops off significantly. My computer just froze, so I can't see you guys at all. So hopefully you can see me. But yeah, we can okay. see you. We My computer just says loading photos in the middle of it. That's all it says. Um, <laughs> lovely. It's just, just, just two words. Tiny little words. Loading photos. I don't know why. Thank you. It's lovely. Um, well, my, there, show right here, then, Eck. There goes some of my notes. What'd you say? Why don't we end the show right here? Yeah, let's end the show here because I don't have any more notes to read anyway. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys, for filling in the beginning. I apologize for that. Um, remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.